Hello, I'm Tom Moan, and today I'm beginning an old and yet continuing adventure. In 1968, my family and I returned to Tulsa, where I became the general manager of KORUFM and Oral Roberts, radio announcer. At that time, from 1968 until March of 71, I had a daily program entitled Good Morning Brother Pilgrim. And now after 50 years, I'm resurrecting it with a new title, Good Morning Fellow Pilgrim. And a pilgrim is a person who's on a journey, and in this case, a journey of the kingdom of God on earth as Jesus prayed. So I hope you'll join me as we look into the past, the present, and the future. This is the Good Morning Fellow Pilgrim podcast with Tom Moan for March 2nd, 2020. Hello and good morning, fellow pilgrims. What a delight it is again to be with you as we continue our look at the Lord's Prayer as prayed by the Lord Jesus Christ. But with the, I wouldn't even call it instruction, I would call it the revelation that he gives that Father already knows what we need before we ask, therefore, pray like this. And in our last podcast, I've tried to give you some ideas of what it means for his will to become first. When we begin the prayer, Our Father, we're establishing the right focus. And the right focus is to focus on Father, not upon the needs of my life, as pressing as they may be. Because when I have needs that press in my life, I constantly push them ahead of what Father may know I already need, but I'm not in touch with. It's an amazing thing that when we establish that prayer as Jesus leads us in it, pray like this, our Father who art, we're saying hallelujah, glory to God, you know the reality of what I truly need for this day and this life that you've called me to. And then the person begins to think, You know, my needs, from my point of view, may not necessarily be what's so important after all. So I begin to lay them aside and say, Father, you know me, you know my life, you know the needs of my life, and I just come to you in the name of Jesus, the Christ of God, your Son, who died for us, who shed his blood. I come and I seek first you and your kingdom. Because you know what I really need, not what I think I may need. And when I say that, I don't mean to minimize. There are pressures of life and living that come upon us. There's a pressures of finance and bills to pay, sickness and difficulty, and problems and accusations and, and persecutions that can come to the Christian. Jesus talks about them all through the Sermon on the Mount. The, all, all of the things that can happen. He says they're difficult, and he says you're going to be persecuted, but you're going to be blessed if you'll seek first God and his kingdom. God's grace to me is not giving me what I think I need, but giving what he knows I need. And the difference is life and death. Sometimes if we get what we think we need, we're going to feel, uh, live up feeling empty and not even know why. Why I got this. I got my, quote, answer, but it doesn't seem like an answer at all. That's not meant to sound mysterious or silly. It's just simply true. 
Going back to the Lord's Prayer, let me read this again. Father who's in heaven, so we worship, hallowed be your name. Let your kingdom come. What is that again? His rule and reign. His rule and reign are first and foremost the most important thing. Now, I've mentioned that this will be the umpteenth time. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these other things and his righteousness. All these other things will be added. Until you've really experienced that, they're just words on a page that sound nice but don't seem to breathe reality. Until you let the Lord breathe his reality into you and you begin to realize he does know what my daily bread should be. He does know that his will can be done when he he knows the bread that I need for today. It's not necessarily what I think I need. And when that takes place deep in your soul and in your spirit and in your mind, when you come to the Lord Jesus, less and less will you be dependent upon what you think and what's important to you. It begins to set itself aside and say, Father, what is your word for me today? What is it you want me to hear? And I learn to wait upon the Lord. There's a psalm, one called a psalm of ascent. And in the psalm it says, As the handmaid looks to the hand of her mistress, wait upon the Lord. The point simply being waiting isn't going to sleep. Waiting is alive and 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 present, just as the handmaid, the servant, is constantly watching the mistress, and the mistress just has to raise the hand, and immediately the handmaid is there. That's the kind of waiting God wants for you and I, the kind of waiting that comes saying, Father, speak, for your servant hears, just like Isaiah said in the sixth chapter. I want to read on now in the Lord's Prayer, where he says, on earth as it is in heaven, give us this our daily bread, and forgive us our debts or our trespasses or our sins, as we've forgiven our debts as uh, trespasses. And do not lead us into temptation. One of the things that I've mentioned so often is that when we are tempted, never think that it is God tempting us. God doesn't lead us by temptation. He leads us by His Spirit. He leads us by His Spirit. He leads us by His Word in Scripture and His sovereignty by the Spirit. He says, deliver us from evil. Some of the translations, I think, are a little more accurate. And it says, don't lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. There's a tempter. Do you remember in the last podcast I read from Revelation? Or was it two podcasts ago? where it tells the story of how Satan lost the war in heaven and was thrown out of heaven with a third of the heavenly angels, and they came to earth, and it was there that they tempted in the garden, and sin entered the world. Well, this is what we mean. We need to be delivered from the evil one, and that's what God has done in his Son, Jesus Christ. And then he says, For thine... How does he begin the kingdom? And then he ends it by saying, For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. The thing that is always most important in your life and in mine is that we have a kingdom heart and mind. When you go to the 13th chapter, for instance, of, of the Gospel of Matthew, in that 13th chapter is parable after parable of the, of the kingdom of God. 
Let me just refer you to a couple of them because it's what's most important. Your needs and my needs, as demanding as we may think they are, are not as important as God's kingdom coming to earth through you and me. I'm going to read some of those things from Matthew 13 in a moment, but I'd like to read on just a few more verses from Matthew 6 and the Sermon on the Mount, which I believe is a sermon about restoration with the Father, the Father who loves us, the restoration that had been broken back in Eden and now is restored in Jesus. He goes on and he says, For if you forgive men their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. Not long ago, I had the privilege of listening, I believe it was to Dr. David Jeremiah, talk about forgiveness and saying that when we receive forgiveness from the Lord Jesus, that enables us to forgive others. And then we can fulfill that, it says, we can begin to love ourselves. Well, I want to go on and read just a few more verses in Matthew chapter 6 in the Sermon on the Mount, beginning in verse 16. And whenever you fast, do not put on a gloomy face as the hypocrites do, for they neglect their appearance in order to be seen fasting by men. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you, when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, so that you may not be seen fasting by men, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret, He will repay you. Do you hear it again? The emphasis is on the Father, the Father who is in heaven, and He wants a relationship with you. Put Him first, always. Seek first the kingdom of God. Going on, he says in verse 19, Don't lay up treasures for yourselves on earth, where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The point simply being, again, seek first the kingdom of God. The treasures are not just of this earth. It's more than food, shelter, and clothing. Those things are important to this natural life, but we are called to live a supernatural life. So we lay up ourselves in righteousness in the kingdom of God, letting the Holy Spirit, letting our Father give us what we need in daily bread, giving us whether we fast or pray or or give alms or whatever we do, it's to come into relationship with our Father. I want to read on. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters. For either he'll hate the one and love the other, or you hold the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. That's another way of saying, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all of these other things that press upon you. He will provide. I cannot tell you how many times in our life, Barbara and I came to the point where we had many people living with us, 
sometimes six and seven young men and women. There was a time when we had my father and mother and my dad's uh, cousin living with us for 17 years. And we thought, where in the world are we going to get the provision to take care of all of this? And when we would seek first the kingdom of God and say, Father, we want to do your will, he provided, he multiplied food. He multiplied strength and insight. He gave us things that we never even knew we need needed, but in the moment, he made the supply. When you seek first the kingdom of God, that's when the miracles of God, the miracle of life begins to flow in you so that you don't live in fear of, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? How is this going to happen? And we begin to just simply hammer it. What about this? What about this? And anxiety begins to fill us. It says you can't serve two masters. What's the first master? Yourself. So much of what I call here today in psychology and in colleges and universities is self-help. Discover yourself. No. It's not, you, the only way you discover yourself is losing yourself in the Lord Jesus Christ and in the will of the kingdom of God. Jesus goes on to say, For this reason, do not be anxious for your life as to what you shall eat or what you shall drink or for your body as to what you shall put on. Is not life more than food and the body than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow, neither do they reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? Well, we read that and we say, well, of course. Then he says, well, then why don't you believe me? Why do you seek those things and get anxious about them? Next verse. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single cubit to his life's span? And why are you anxious about clothing? Observe the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't toil nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory did not clothe himself like one of these. But if God so arrays the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more do so for you, O men of little faith? Do not be anxious then, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or with what shall we clothe ourselves? For all these things the Gentiles eagerly seek. For your heavenly Father knows what you need, that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious for tomorrow. For tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I go through that sixth chapter again and again, and I find by the power of the Holy Spirit, I get more and more excited and liberated from what I've learned to call the tyranny of me, the tyranny of myself where I begin to say, Father, this is what's really important. Don't you see what's going on here? Here's the important thing. And Father's saying, Son, will you come and let me show you what you really need? It's me, my kingdom, my spirit, and I will meet all the other needs. 
And I want to make a little testimony right here at the end of this podcast. Dear brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ meets every need you will ever have in your life. Trust Him, believe Him, receive Him, and allow Him to bring you into relationship with the Father who will never disappoint you. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added. Amen, amen, amen. This podcast is available for free download in iTunes and at moanministriesbookstore.com. Sarah Rahm's album, Days of Rain, is available on iTunes and most streaming platforms.